0: is following
1: the great verse of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then there's a bit of an explanation that goes on afterward, and one of the explanations is John 3.19, where it's explaining condemnation. And it says, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, today is a special day because today is the first day of the eight days of Hanukkah. You all knew that. I knew you knew that. You gave gifts one to another probably. But Hanukkah is really a happy holiday. And for us as believers, Hanukkah is especially a happy holiday, not because of dreidels and, 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 and jellied Joan donuts and candles, but because of what Hanukkah is, Hanukkah is a festival of light, and that makes Hanukkah a very special holiday for us. Now, maybe you're familiar, maybe you know that Hanukkah is actually also a commemoration of what happened hundreds of years before the Lord in the when when a family called the Maccabees who were under, when Israel was under Greek rule and the temple had been defiled and very brave family who, who, uh, who, who killed the oppressors that were there and drove them out. And then they came back to the temple and the temple had been defiled. And one of the very important parts of the temple is the light, the so-called eternal light, which should never go out. And so there was a preparation time needed to prepare the light For the oil, and it took eight days, but there was no no prepared oil available except for a small little cruise of oil, which was only good for one day, and they knew that. It was only good for one day, but they said, okay, we'll use it, And, and, and after one day, yes, then there will be no light for seven days until the new oil is prepared, so they lit this oil, and miracle of miracles, that oil lasted eight days until the new oil could come in to replace it. So this is, the, the, this is how Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah, by, by lighting a candle every night for eight days, and this is the first night. But Hanukkah goes for us beyond. It goes beyond, and it's a very, very wonderful, a very special holiday. And, 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 and Hanukkah and Christmas have one very special meaning for us as believers. It's wonderful that both Hanukkah and Christmas Fall on about the same time of the year because they both have the, the very special meaning for us. One meaning for us as believers, you know, for me and in, in my my home, my Jewish home, Christmas was a very awkward time of year. Um, uh, as 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 uh, as Gentiles, when we're setting up all these uh, decorations here in the chapel with the tr- in the trees at home, we as Jews. We didn't have trees, so we had to have something because, you know, what are you going to do? So we, we, we had a Hanukkah bush, we called it. Very awkward, let me tell you. The Hanukkah bush is not a Christmas tree. Uh, but, and as Gentiles gave gifts on Christmas, also a lot of pressure. So then the, the Jewish people said, you give one gift, we give eight gifts. And, and I could say to, you know, my Gentile friends, oh, yeah? Well, we get eight gifts. And, be, and then I'd say, well, why don't you become a Jew? You get eight gifts. So when Christmas Day would come, it was very awkward. And we would always, as Jews, do one of two things on Christmas Day. We either go to a movie or we went to a Chinese restaurant, And, and, and which is why there was the signs that were put up by the Chinese Restaurant Association of the United States. And the signs read like this, the Chinese Restaurant Association out in front of the Chinese restaurants. The Chinese, on Christmas Day, the Chinese restaurant, to Jewish people, the Chinese Restaurant Association of the United States would like to extend our thanks to the Jewish people. We do not completely understand your dietary customs, but we are proud and grateful that your God insists that you eat our food on Christmas. (laughs) Now, that sign is is funny. It's also tragic. It's tragic because the reason why Jewish people go to Chinese restaurants on Christmas is because at Chinese restaurants, there is no Christmas. So at Chinese restaurants, for them, it's a relief because there's no songs of thou dost leave thy throne and, and he is born and what child is this and the birthday of a king and joy to the world, the Lord is come. No, Chinese restaurants, no. So because for Jewish people, there is no king that was born. For Jewish people, there is no Lord that came. For Jewish people, there is no birthday of a king, and the same is true for the Chinese people. So to get rest from hearing about how God has come in the flesh, Jewish people go to Chinese restaurants, and that's tragic. Because for us, Isaiah 9-6 has happened. It says, Isaiah 9-6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace—that child has been born, that Son has been given, and that child is the mighty God. So, Hanukkah, a festival of light, is a special celebration because of the truth that we just considered in John three nineteen, where it says, "This is the condemnation." And the point that the point the point we want to draw on this morning is light, because light is come into the world. Light has come into the world. This is Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a festival of light, and light has come into the world. And Hanukkah for us is more than just one day's oil lasting for eight days. Hanukkah is a festival of light. It's a celebration of John three nineteen. Light has come into the world. Light has come into the world. And that light is a person. And that person stood during Hanukkah, during the festival of lights, in the temple and proclaimed in John eight twelve. John eight twelve. then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And this one verse unlocks all the meaning behind the festival of light, behind Hanukkah. Now, during Hanukkah in the temple in Jerusalem, in the temple, there were two really very important parts of that festival of light called Hanukkah. And and the and and the first part was the lighting of the candles. Now I'm not talking about the lighting of the candles where a new one is lit every day in the so-called menorah that you see today. But there was another lighting of the candles during this festival of light that took place in one part of the temple called the court of the women. And 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 again, not to be confused with the menorah in the temple that 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 uh, it's something different. But this. This is, and as I mentioned, this menorah, you see this, for example, in the windows and the homes of Jewish people where today's one candle and then the second candle and so forth for eight days. Now, that was in the temple that was done. But Hanukkah, Hanukkah at that time was a festival of lights. And, 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 and what happened, if you or I were in, were in Jerusalem at this time, it was exciting. It was very exciting because in the court of the women in the temple, there were these great, big, huge candelabras that threw off tremendous amount of light, and they lit up all of Jerusalem. They were so big. And it was in the context of these outer lights in the court of the women where the Lord Jesus Christ made his statement, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. It was as these great lights were streaming their light down on the city of Jerusalem that the Lord Jesus Christ made this made this statement, I am the light of the world. That's the when and the then of John 8, 12, then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. It was a very happy time as those candelabras were lit to eliminate all of Jerusalem. So as he cries out that he was the light of the world, it's clear he was making a comparison with the candelabras there, and the Lord Jesus was the light. Those candelabras were dark until they were lit. The Lord Jesus is never dark. He always gives off light. What was remembered about the Maccabees it was the fear that the oil was going to run out after one day. But with the Lord Jesus, there's never running out. There's never, never any fear of Him saying, I- "I'm sorry, but the last person before you took all the light that I have, so there's none for you." Sorry, you're never going to hear that. No, those candelabras were bright. Were, were bright. But 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 they still didn't reach every part of Jerusalem. But the light that the Lord gives is available to anyone, everywhere. And and then there was the scripture that that promised that the Lord Jesus would would would, would be the light of the, of the world. That there was a scripture that that he was drawing from and referring to, and 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 that's a scripture, for example, in Isaiah forty two six. Isaiah forty two six. The Lord, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles, the light of the Gentiles. So this is the first part of this, this, this great festival of lights. It's the lighting of the great candelabras. But there was another part. There was another part to Hanukkah, and, and that was the second part. And, that, and, 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 and this is where the Lord made another great I am statement about himself. And this is given to us in John 7, John seven thirty seven, John John where the where the Lord says, in that last day, that great day of the feast, that's the festival of light, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, "'If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. "'He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, "'out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, "'but this speak he of the Holy Ghost.'" Which, which, they, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So the Lord Jesus spoke those words as an invitation, if anybody was thirsty, to come to him during the second great event in, in the Festival of Lights, which was the event of the pouring forth of water. Lots of water was poured out from there in Jerusalem, and the pouring of the water was done on the last day of the Festival of Lights. There was a tremendous amount of water that was poured out. It ran down through Jerusalem. And the reason why this was done was, was to symbolize how God abundantly satisfies the deep thirst in the soul, abundantly quenches the deep, deep need of the heart. Now, just imagine if you and I were there at that time Water is being poured out. It's flowing. It's running through the streets of Jerusalem. And right as that water is being poured out, you heard the Lord Jesus say in John 7, 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not out of Jerusalem, not out of where they poured the water out, but you will be the one to give drink to thirsty ones. And if you and I were there at that time, and, and, and we sensed, if we sensed in our souls a deep emptiness, a deep thirstiness in our hearts for something more in life, that we would look at that water and think to ourselves, uh, I, I wish there could be a good, clean water to quench this awful thirst inside of me. Not a physical thirst, but a spiritual thirst. And just as we were thinking that, we heard the Lord Jesus cry out, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believes on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when you and I heard that, we'd say, if any man thirst, that would strike a chord in us and we would think, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? Is there really a person who, who, who is calling out to me with the call of, if any man thirst? I don't know about everyone else. I don't know about anyone else. But I do know that I'm thirsty in my soul, so sign me up. That's what you and I would think. We have sense this thirst in our soul and he cries out. But in John 8, 12, you saw this part here where the great candelabras, and he says, I am the light of the world. In order for us to understand that, what did he mean by I am the light of the world? Did that that just mean that, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of mysteries in the Bible and I will reveal them to you? Or, you know, I am am a teacher. He, He didn't say I have light. He said I am light. And so what does it mean for he when he says, I am the light of the world. So in order to see that, we need to look at the context before to see what he meant, which is which is John eight three. John eight three. Now in John eight three, this is the context in which he finishes up by saying, I am the light of the world. When it says, The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So they pulled her right out of bed. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And when they continued to ask him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light light of life. So here was a scene where there was a group of scribes and Pharisees, and they caught, I suppose, a married woman in the act of adultery. And they thought, great, this is great. This is just the opportunity that we've been looking for to trap Jesus into either not being merciful, as he says he is, by saying the woman should be stoned, or not following the law of Moses by saying the woman should not be stoned. And they said, the perfect trap. And so then the Lord turned the light on them, the accusers, and said, they should all look at themselves carefully look into their own hearts, and the first one who sees that he has never sinned, he should be the one, he should be the first one to throw the first stone at her. And the result was the accusers, in verse 9, John 8, 9, John 8, 9, they which heard it being convicted of their own conscience went out one by one beginning at the elders to the last, Jesus was left alone. So the effect on those proud accusing scribes and Pharisees was that they were convicted by their own consciences and they abandoned their their, 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 their their condemning accusations against the woman. And this is what he as the light of the world does. The light of the world humbles the proud, humbles proud accusers. The light of the world makes personal sin an issue. Prominent. The light of the world leads a proud to abandon their sin of condemnation by causing them to see their own sin. That's what the light of the world does. It humbles the proud. So the remedy for proud criticism is, is spend time in the presence of the light of the world. He'll fix that. So first, the light of the world, uh, this is what happened here. Now, as far as the woman is concerned, the light of the world led her, led this sinful woman to understand and to state that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God. So, and and there was one more effect uh, of the light of the world on this sinful woman when he said to her in verse 11, go and sin no more. So this means now the light of the world led this woman again to think of her sin and led this woman to stop the sin of adultery. To stop it and and right after this episode of causing the the, the the proud scribes and Pharisees to see how dirty and rotten their personal sin was and leading them to abandon uh, their their criticism there uh, right after the light of the world had had led a sinful adulterous woman to see just how dirty and rotten her sin was and leading her first to believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus and then to abandon the sin of adultery Then, and and, and right after that, Danny says, I am the light of the world. So, this is what the light of the world does. The light of the world leads people to not walk in darkness. Not walk in darkness. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. The darkness that the light of the world corrects. The darkness of men who had fallen into the darkness of pride and were not even able to see their own pride. The darkness of a woman who had fallen into the darkness of sexual immorality. So what we see here in these two great I am statements that the Lord made during Hanukkah, during the festival of light, is that he is the light of the world, that he quenches the thirst inside, the inner thirst. And he invites everyone to come to him to, to have that need satisfied. We've seen that the light of the world exposes sin. And communion, in a few moments, communion only has meaning if we think about our own sin and the need that we have because of our sin. And we resolve with determination to leave sin, to say, that's not for me. it only Communion only has meaning if we do that. Communion has no meaning unless we get the light of the world to expose our own personal sin and our need and we follow the result to turn away from sin. Hanukkah is a celebration of the Lord as that light of the world who exposes our sin and makes us see the needs that our sins have caused. So our personal sin caused us to, to be thirsty, very thirsty. Thirsty for forgiveness by God. Thirsty to be cleansed by God. And the sufferings and the death of the Lord Jesus on the cross, they meet those two needs. The, the sufferings and death of the Lord meets the need for us to be forgiven by God. It meets the need for us to be cleansed from our sin. So when we take these elements this morning. Let's resolve that sin in us are finished. We're done. And let's take the elements thanking the Lord first for being the light of the world that made us see how much we needed to be forgiven by God and to be cleansed by God. And then as we take the elements, let's thank the Lord Jesus for meeting those two needs with a broken body and blood that was shed, his body, his blood. Let's pray. Lord, do help us now to uh, set, Lord, these uh, truths that through your broken body and your shed blood that you met our need to be forgiven by God and cleansed by God. Thank you, light of the
0: world. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration only $99 includes a 2-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cancer, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619 619- 599-1104 1104 or sign up at ReachIsrael.com That's ReachIsrael.com What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30pm at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California.